Welcome to the Major League University Developmental Podcast. I am your host, Austin Byler. Today we bring another incredible guest onto the show ready to equip you with some actionable tools that you can implement into your life immediately. Major League University is a developmental baseball group focusing on the mental side of the game. Our mission is to help athletes and coaches of all backgrounds peak perform and maximize your life. Be sure to check us out at MajorLeagueUniversity.com and on all social media platforms at Major League University. I hope you find some value from this podcast that you can apply directly to your life. Our guest, Ray McIntyre, he's back for a second time. No more cat rolling around on the laptop this time, Ray, thankfully. But hey, we're going to have a great action-packed show here for you today. We're going to get down to the nitty-gritty, really hit on some tools from a a really good coach's point of view. He's been able to study under some of the best in the game, man, ranging from Jay Johnson, Gary Powers, a um, bunch of guys, man, in the game, Rich Hill, just some amazing coaches in the college baseball world that have been able to pass on his knowledge or their knowledge to Ray, and, and now he's able to pass that on to you guys. So this is going to be an exciting show. Ray, welcome back on, my man. Hey, thanks for having me. What And what an intro, by the way. That was exceptional. <laughs> I don't know if it was better this time or the first time, man. The first one was probably my favorite one. <laughs> Got the cat claws going everywhere. Yeah. You know what you're doing. Um, yeah. But, yeah, man, so let's get into it, man. I mean, how the season end up for you guys over at University of San Diego? Uh, it was a good year. Uh, you know, we finished up 32-21. and 21. Um, I thought we had a, a really good preseason. Um, played some really tough teams in some tournaments and uh, did well. And then we got into conference and – Conference is a whole different animal. You know, the WCC, I think, is one of the most underrated conferences probably in the country. And, um, you know, there's a lot of teams that were uh, week in and week out, good arms, good bats, uh, and a lot of competition. So uh, we did end up making the tournament uh, out there in stocks, and the WCC tournament only takes four teams. Um, so if you're looking at it that way, then uh, maybe not a successful year. But I thought, uh, you know, the 32 wins – uh, I think we finished with a 94 RPI and um, bounced back with a group of core seniors um, that really, I thought, laid the foundation for uh, the direction that we wanted to go this year and uh, something that we can really build on. Oh, man, that's crazy, man. You got four seniors on the squad. I didn't know that. I didn't know it was that thin of a, of a senior class, so a young no, squad. No, right? even, even more. We had nine. We had a core group. I'm sorry. Yeah, we had a we had nine seniors. We had uh, eight position guys and one pitcher. So we had we had a lot of uh, leadership, actually, which was really good. Oh, wow. That's awesome. That's really good to have on a team. I mean, 32 wins. It's another great year. I mean, you didn't get to where you wanted to be, but, hey, that happens. And at least you guys got to lay the, the foundation for this new coaching staff that's taken on under Rich Hill, man, going into next year and, and really build some momentum. So let's get into that, Ray. Like, you're a new coach. Um, yep, at the yep. University of San Diego. It's your first year this year, going into your second year. Whole new staff, basically. Like, how do you get guys to buy into your process and what you have set up for them that they're not used to currently? Uh, you know, it's a it's a learning curve. I think it's um, it's going to be good to see this following year because I feel like each team's kind of its own animal. Um, but as far as buying in the process, I think first and foremost we needed them to trust us, and um, that doesn't just happen you don't walk into a room and say all right you know i'm the guy um i think that takes time building the relationships with each of the guys uh getting to know them on a personal level and what they can do on the field and then 
um, we really sat back for the first three weeks uh, on the offensive side and uh, just let them go. Uh, you know, not a lot of mechanical stuff. Uh, we wanted to get a full bearing on each guy before we even jumped into anything like that, um, but kept it really simple and started slow. Uh, and I think that's really the only way you can can start building those things because, uh, you know, I've been told and uh, firmly believe that you have to uh, treat every year and every group of guys like it's the first year and they know nothing, you know, and mm, yeah. uh, if you assume stuff, uh, then stuff slips through the cracks and that comes up and airs its head uh, later in the season. So we took it really slow, uh, but first and foremost, building the trust with those guys and um, them allowing us to coach them the way that we uh, had planned was was kind of the biggest key there. Yeah, that's a big time thing that you just hit on there at the end of, of the guys being open to it, you know, and I think when you're going into a new program, um, you've got guys who are maybe been there, you said nine seniors, they've been there for a while and, and they're used to a certain way, a certain process. And now they've got a whole new staff coming from different backgrounds, different coaches that they've coached under, and they're bringing in a whole new process, man. And you've got to be receptive to that and be able to adapt to a new staff and know that, hey, this is this stuff works, what we're teaching works. And we're going to help you get to that next level, wherever that is in life and baseball and that next career decision that you have to take, man. So like, how is it when you see those seniors go, man? I know at the end of the year, it's always kind of a, a, a mixed emotional type of deal for us. Like it was tough to leave playing baseball and leave those amazing relationships that you built over those four years. Now, how tough is it going into a new program man? you get to see those seniors grind it out there for the last game and now they're done? Yeah, it, it's hard. I, I think the biggest thing is it's hard because, you know, you work with these guys so long that, you know, you their family too. Me and uh, our staff, we, we really felt that uh, this group was not only great baseball players, but exceptional young men. And um, it, it started with the senior class. And I thought they took a lot of the younger guys under their wing uh, early, especially with um, us coming in as a new staff. There, there needed to be a voice. And uh, we were very fortunate to have nine different voices uh, out there. So, yeah, it's frustrating, um, more so, you know, dis or sad uh, that we don't get to work with these guys anymore, you know. And uh, if if we could, we, we'd be practicing and playing right now and play all through summer and, and do all that with the NCAA rules. Obviously, you're not allowed to. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it's sad to see them go, but you, you look at them and see how they've changed and how hard they've worked. Uh, to become better players and better people and uh, know that they're going to go out and succeed in life uh, no matter where that is. 100%, man. You're creating champions there. You're developing leaders. And, and it's it's a great thing to be grateful for and to really have a, a part in somebody's life that's so big. You know, like this is a huge part of their careers. And they look up to you guys, man. They look up to what you're saying and teaching them. And, and they take a lot out of that. So that's yeah. incredible, man. I mean, now when you're leaving and you have those exit meetings with the guys who are returning next year, like what are the expectations that you set out for them coming back as a team? Uh, well, first, uh, you know, we kind of cover uh, the things that they did really well uh, this season and uh, the growth steps that they've taken. And then uh, secondly, we go into, you know, look, so-and-so is not here anymore, you know, and so-and-so and is not going to be the guy that's going to be the voice on the team. So, uh, whether it's your second year, third year, fourth year uh, you, that you're going into, a step forward needs to be made, uh, especially for those young guys. You know, uh, freshman year uh, for a lot of guys is kind of a trial um, trial period, getting your feet wet, uh, if you will. Uh, and then after that, it, I think the biggest growth steps are taken a lot of the time between that first and second year. Uh, and with the, the group of guys we have coming back, 
we have a chance to do something special. So, um, but but that doesn't happen without the the daily uh, improvement and and getting much better uh, from the time September one hits to uh, that time of that first game and even throughout the season. Definitely, man. Uh, you're setting a high expectation for them and. You're letting them know, like, hey, man, you got to go out this summer. You got to continue to work, put good things in your mind and in your body and come back better than you were the year before, more prepared, more ready to go, and here to help a team win a championship. Because you guys got some athletes, man. Being down there, you have some young dudes who are just some studs. It's crazy. I'm excited to see that kind of play out next year, man. Let's get into the the nitty-gritty, Ray. Let's get into the hitting side of the game, man. This is my favorite topic, um, this and the mental side, but I think it correlates pretty well, and I know you're – one of the hitting gurus out there, you've got a pretty good plan there. We've talked a lot about it. You've sent a cool packet over and, and a lot of good information just on hitting. Um, what's your yeah. mindset on hitting, Ray? Like, uh, what's your background on it and what's your mindset on the game? Uh, you know, I think uh, the simplest way to put it for us is we want to leave the country in, uh, you know, two categories, and that'd be walks and doubles. Um, mm, yeah. Walks, obviously. Uh, free base war is extremely important to us. Uh, we take a lot of pride in that uh, and trying to obviously minimize uh, any 90s for the other team and then uh, take advantage of as many as we can on our end. So if those walks are going up, um, I think it correlates right into the, the doubles going up too because not only are we getting those free bases, uh, but we're then doing damage on better pitches um, uh, on top of that. So uh, we Ultimately, those are our two main goals. We have several goals that we kind of set for game goals and season goals and whatnot. But um, the, the biggest key is that we really command the strike zone. We swing at pitches that we, we want to swing at, not what the pitcher wants us to swing at. And then, um, you know, working counts and doing some real damage on, uh, on pitches that we like. You know, and then lastly, kind of finish up with that. Um, not only are we going to be very good at driving the ball and driving our pitches, but uh, we're going to battle with two strikes, and, and we're going to be really good at executing when called upon uh, with runners in scoring position. Mm, definitely, man. All the things that make a great team. I mean, all those yeah. offensive categories, you lead the country in walks, doubles, good things are going to happen. And those are great tangible goals, man, to be able to have, and especially in a good West Coast conference, dude. Like, I think it's very underrated. Like you said, there's some good teams. I got to watch multiple teams play. Uh, this year and I was very impressed dude just with how people took the field and the demeanor and the athleticism in that conference like ranging from top to bottom so that was good to see man now like how do you instill that how do you instill a good approach with these guys I mean you can say it it's one thing to go out there and talk about it and, and tell it to them but how do you instill that confidence to say hey man this approach works and if we stick with this we're going to be very successful offensively as a group uh well I I think um the first thing is, is they almost as a group need to see it happen and, and work and be successful for themselves. So, um, you know, we took a mindset of, you know, attacking pitches in our zone early. Um, we've done things ranging from, you know, swinging without a plate there. So our guys are actually just doing damage on pitches. They like, uh, we have, uh, you know, basically done anything in our power to let, let them free up and swing, you know, eliminating the strike zone portion of that. Um, and then we've also taken it to the other end of all swing. You're swinging everything, you know, you're trying to find a way to get the barrel on it. Um, so we try and build the confidence and then we try and trim it back to, uh, you know, our zone and whatnot. But uh, I think it really set in for our group uh, when we played USC in the fall. Uh, it was our first fall scrimmage with the new rule changes. You're allowed to play two fall games. Um, 
with against opponents, which is which is great um, in the fall, and they don't count against your regular season. So we played USC. Um, you know, we got some help, obviously, but uh, I think our guys really saw it kind of come all together. You know, there was a lot of hard hit balls. Uh, we I think we walked like nine or ten times in fourteen innings. Um, and we scored a lot of runs, you know, in those two games or two seven inning games, I guess, if you will. So, um, I, I think they needed to see it first. Uh, and then on top of that, just really holding them accountable. You know, uh, I, I don't care if you're taking strikes. Uh, I care if you're swinging at bad pitches and taking good ones, you know, um, at, at that, at that simple form. So, uh, you know, we, we hold them accountable. We talk about it a lot and, um, uh, then on top of that, we just pump them up with confidence and let them know that they're here for a reason. Yeah, most definitely, bro. I think it's cool to see that kind of come into fruition when they see that success firsthand. That's really when they start to believe it. And I think you're so right with that. I mean, they, they go out there, they see some success on the field. Their guys are doing well. Maybe guys who haven't performed or hit the ball as hard as they've been capable of are doing that now. And they're like, man, there's something special about this. This approach works, man. And I think looking height is a big thing and, yeah. and finding your location. Like you've got to find a ball in the zone that you can drive. I like to talk about like the home run derby, you know, when I talk mm-hmm. with kids, it's like, look, man, if you're going into the home run derby and you had one pitch to hit that you could crush out of the yard nine times out of 10, like, where's that pitch? And when you find that pitch, you find that zone that you're so locked in on, you're so ready to go on, good things are going to start happening especially right. if you stay disciplined. Now, it's a lot easier said than done, obviously. I mean, that's yeah. why you only hit 300, and there's a few kids that even do that. So, mm-hmm. like, practicing that on a daily basis is so key, man, as you guys do. Now, what kind of, like, what kind of drills and what kind of, uh, I guess, like, practice plan do you do accordingly to try and get this implemented, man, and try and really get these guys going and practice with this? Uh, you know, it's so we took a route early in the fall. We kind of said, hey, look, we're going to take the hard route early so that the easy stuff comes later. You know, we're going to make practice really challenging. Uh, and there was a lot of frustration at times, but uh, I don't think we get better as players or uh, coaches without being a little uncomfortable. So, um, you know, we do we do a lot of uh, velo machine. Uh, we'll set guys up either short or even setting the hack attack up on the field. Uh, and I like shooting baseballs out of it cause the baseballs don't shoot straight. You know, those dimple balls are great. They'll hit the same spot over and over again, but I liked having that thing cut, dive, change, you know, whatever, uh, just to, just to get our guys to compete a little bit more. Uh, the next drill I kind of really like is, uh, we'll set two machines up. We're really fortunate. Our, uh, athletic administration has, uh, helped us out and got us several machines that we can use, but we'll set up two machines side by side. Uh, one throwing a curveball, one throwing a fastball. Uh, you can switch it up throwing, you know, fastball change. Uh, we'll mix it up depending on the week. Uh, and, you know, you can tell them, hey, you're sitting curveball here. Or, hey, you're sitting fastball or hit both, you know, um, that make it a little bit tougher. Uh, or even better, you go, you know, two machines throwing sliders, one down, one, you know, thigh high. Um, oh, that's and, dirty. That's and, dirty. Right? You know, and you're putting, you're putting both hands down and dropping one and, um, you know, you got to find the right height and drive the one you like. So, uh, we, we do a lot of machines. We do a lot of angle hitting, uh, offside, uh, forcing the ball to get a little bit deeper and guys to stay behind it. Um, and then, uh, again, just literally it's every round, just, Hey, if you're looking away, you drive the ball that's away. Uh, if you're looking in, you drive the ball that's in. We're not, 
you can tell when a guy is looking in and he swings away, you know, or he's looking away and he swings something that's in because the, the swing's a little broken and rushed or off time. So uh, we're just trying to build everything as tough as possible in practice. And then, you know, when it comes to game time, it's, it's go time and the game slows down for everybody. Dude, I told you before this that I wanted to go for like 30 minutes max, but I want to go <laughs> for like three hours now because yeah. I have like 30 more questions, man. But yeah, it's interesting. You mentioned a few things that I really like. One, the machine drills, because the machine is so much more realistic. Like you don't know where the ball is going to be every single time in the game. You don't know what velocity, what it's going to look like. And yeah, the machine sucks. Like as a hitter, like oh, yeah. in my opinion, I hated it <laughs> until I learned like five years after using it every day. Yep that it really helped my swing and helped me develop as a hitter. And I think it's important for all athletes to use that in any capacity, man. If you can get on a machine that is huge. And then you said something else in, in there about like getting uncomfortable and that's yeah, big yeah. time with anything in life. Like if you start to push yourself and you get uncomfortable in a situation, it allows you to grow. And, and now you can experience that growth. And, and now the next time that comes around, you're ready and more prepared for that situation. So how do you, prepare them to be uncomfortable and like how do you preach that to the hitters man like is it just doing these drills or is it constantly switching things up on them or keeping them on their toes yeah no i was you know the velocity thing is something that we've done a lot um you know and we work uh you know i haven't done a ton of inside t you know working tight t or anything like that uh in my last few years but we kind of done a lot of that this year and it's it's uncomfortable you know it's you got that t really tight on you and you're trying to get your bat or your back elbow in slot early and, and fight a pitch off. Um, and then, you know, having our guys hit out a launch position, you know, that spot where you set your foot down and your hands are back and you're ready to go. Uh, there's very few guys. Well, I wouldn't say very few. There's a handful of guys that actually like hitting out a launch position. You know, you're sit there, you feel stuck. Um, you're only going A to B. Um, but, you know, we'll hit out of that a lot because your swing naturally is going to get there. Uh, and, and for our two strikes approach personally, is we set the foot down early and we're trusting the pitch is going to get deep. So you got to hit out of that launch position. And, um, you know, again, like you said, switching it up every week, we don't want to do, uh, the same thing over and over again. It gets monotonous and boring for the players, for us. Um, and there's no uh, adversity or variant to what you're training. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, we go right on right slider, left, left slider. Uh, again, changing it up every week. And then that um, discomfort, um, if it shows its head in um, scrimmages, is something we can address as a staff uh, and bringing kids in to talk individually and as a group um, because as one kid goes, the team goes. Yeah, man, it's very true. You're only as good as your weakest link. And you really you need guys to be ready to play because if you're like starting shortstop, for instance, is a first rounder and whatever, and he gets hurt two weeks in, you've got to have somebody that's ready to go behind him. That's that's yep. he can step in right away and fill in, man, and, and fill the void for the team. So keeping guys prepared, I think competition in practice is huge. I yep. know a lot of the best coaches that I've either played for or watched or, or gone out and seen and heard about, man, they 
compete and practice all the time. That's like their whole motto is compete, compete, compete. And some coaches, I think, when they first step into a situation or they maybe it's their early years in coaching, they want to be the dictator and they want to control everything. But right. I think allowing the kids to compete and for them to figure it out on their own in a way, and you're there for guidance, you're there for encouragement and helping pump them up, like you said earlier, the confidence aspect and holding them accountable, which is huge. That's what we're there for as coaches. But to develop these great hitters, man, like – You've got to learn how to coach yourself. Right. The best hitters in the game know when they're going wrong. They know when things don't feel right, and they're able to address it with other people that have that outside view, and they can watch it. So for you, Ray, is it just a learned process to see swings and to be able to read swings? Like for so many years, have you just watching them? Or how do you really like adapt going into the game and watching swings, man, to really be able to study these things and help these guys know, like, hey, I know when you're looking in, and I know when you're looking out. And I'm here to help you and help you evaluate that situation if you fail. Right. Yeah. It's um, well, first rating swings. Um, everyone reads them a little differently. I think I, uh, you know, at the time I didn't feel like it was an advantage for me, but when I was sitting the bench for a couple of years, those first two years in college, I got to see a lot of baseball. Uh, I got to see when guys were doing right. I got to see, guys uh like you uh that were in lineups they you know why are they they what are they doing that's getting them there what's going good for them and then uh to see other guys that you know working in and out of the lineup you know see the frustrations but um i think that's kind of where it started where i i really took a toll on that and then i think uh as soon as i finished i started watching you know swings on swings on swings um big leaguers pro guys minor leaguers um and then uh, as that went, I started picking up some personal lessons with these guys. And, and I really kind of think that that's helped me um, teach uh, the older guys even better because you have to be so simple and, um, you know, very basic with the terms you're using. And if you can't teach an eight-year-old how to swing a bat, how are you going to teach a guy that's 22, you know? And so uh, that's kind of where it started, I guess. Um, and then it's progressed and I've, and I've adapted throughout you know, my five or six years or whatever. Um, and I've kind of changed my thinking a bit, but, uh, you can see when it breaks down for me, I guess it's just kind of, I look at the overall picture and kind of start pinpointing and, and narrowing it down to, Oh, okay. Maybe it's the back elbow. Maybe it's the front foot or, you know, whatever, there's a disconnect there. Um, but to, to translate that to the individual, it's almost like they have to be willing to, uh, make the change and, um, put the effort in, and, and time to do it, you know, cause, uh, you can have the answers for guys. And there was a couple of guys, uh, this year it was funny. Uh, one of our seniors, um, in about October, um, we started talking about widening them up a little bit and, uh, getting them to a, a good foot down launch position early. And he said, you know, why didn't you guys tell me this in September? And we were just like, Hey man, you, you weren't ready. Uh, you know, you had your own thoughts. We, we need you to trust us first. Um, and we wanted to make sure that you were fully invested in this change because then we know you're going out and working on your own on these things uh, and not kind of trying to take it with a grain of salt, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, for sure makes sense, man. I mean, sometimes you're just not ready for it and sometimes you got to let guys figure it out and, and maybe they – they don't see it that way or somebody else doesn't see it that way. But I think just allowing people to figure it out on their own and to find out for themselves and what really works for you. Like only, you know, how your swing is going to perform at its highest peak. And 
only you know what you hit best. Like if you hit outside fastballs so good that you're just crushing taters out of the yard. I like to call it the tater McDing dong sauce. It's like something <laughs> yeah. you get at McDonald's. It's kind of sweet, but um, maybe in a, in a future endeavor, we'll see. Um, I think like just knowing that guys are able to develop and there's dudes out there that maybe aren't the best high school players right now and they can have somebody like you who can go in there and break it to them simple. And that correlates directly to collegiate level, professional level, and so on, because you've got to be able to break it down in those simple terms, man, for people to understand. You can't come in speaking all these different languages because it just gets discombobulated, man. You're right. not able to perform at your highest level because you're thinking too much. Now, coming in with that simple mindset, that positive, encouraging mindset, pumping kids up with confidence, man, it, it breeds excellence. And I've seen it time in and time out. And I may be young, but dude, like, Watching you do it, watching Johnson do it, watching some great high school and, and collegiate coaches and professional coaches do it on a daily basis. It's like it's so evident to me, man, when you just pay attention, you see that with the great coaches. So it's fun to see you preaching it, man. And, and I'm excited for for your future, obviously, as a coach, as we hit on before and big things are going to happen, man. Are you excited for next year? Right? Are you pumped? Do you have any plans this summer? Are you going to coaching summer ball? Man, I'm. I'm itching to get back on the field already. You know, the, the day that last practice, the last game hits, um, and especially as a volunteer, like the other coaches are uh, getting out there and finding us great players. And uh, as the volunteer, your role is to run the camps and uh, make sure that goes smoothly. And under the NCAA rules, you're not able to recruit. So uh, there's a lot more downtime. There's a lot of time where I'm sitting here uh, you know, watching videos, trying to take notes on what I want to change, things I want to do for next year. And um, but yeah, I'm fired up. I can't wait. Um, not coaching summer ball, just kind of staying back and running camps. But um, I cannot wait to get back on the field. Yeah, I can only imagine, man. You're a grinder out there. <laughs> You're ready. Yeah. Oh man, I'm pumped up for you, bro. So, final question, Ray. Let's end on this note, man. How do you approach the new age player? It's a, it's a topic that's kind of been tossed around a lot. And obviously the game of baseball is evolving pretty quickly, um, pitching wise, defensively with the shifts, hitting wise with the launch angles. And there's a lot of information out there. So how do you handle the new age player, man? How do you approach that situation? I, I think I'm, I'm lucky that I'm 28 and still feel at least a little connected to this generation. You know, um, I've grown up as, as you have and. Uh, the I think the technology has really advanced um, just over the last decade or so. Um, and, you know, there's obviously one way to look at things, um, taking it in with your eyes and taking the hand notes and um, breaking it down visually. But then there's all these other resources and data now that you're able to bring in, too. So um, do I feel like it has to be, you know, we're using this program and this program and uh, we're using this tool and trinket. Uh, no, I don't think you need to use all of it, but I do think there's value in almost all of uh, the things individually and maybe uh, on a case by case basis. So, uh, you know, we're, we have the scouting software, we have the video software, we're able to watch swings with guys. Uh, we use blast motion. We use um, flight scope now, which has uh, been great seeing guys spin rates and uh, what's been effective for them. So uh, I, I think, handling the new age player i think the best way to get get out of everybody is uh again building that relationship uh, i think that uh goes across generations it, it doesn't matter uh whether the it stuff's there or not but i think if you further that 
uh, with the video, uh, finding ways to get through to guys, not just verbally, um, and, and any way possible. You know, some guys are visual, some guys are auditory uh, learners, and uh, just any way you can get through to them and, and build that strong connection relationship, I think that's the best way to do it. 100%, man. Putting relationships first in anything you do, especially on the ball field. And baseball brings so many different backgrounds, so many different people together from all these different regions of the world. And you're able to unite over a game, man. And it gets lost up in the sauce sometimes when you're out there and you're like, man, I just want my swag to look good. I just want to be out there and, and do it for mom or whatever it is. But you have such a unique opportunity to be playing there with some guys that are going to be your lifelong friends. And then now you're coaching and being able to coach guys and watch them evolutionize their game and eventually maybe even get into coaching that you're now coaching against in the future. It's really cool opportunity, Ray. Thank you so much, man, for coming back on the, the MLU show, man. I'm super pumped to have you, bro. And we'll continue this dialogue, man. It's definitely not the last time that you're on this thing. No, thank you so much again. Major League University has been doing big things. Proud of you, man. Keep doing it and uh, hope to talk soon.